Welcome everyone. We are so glad that you've joined us today. I'm Sarah. This is Micah. We're the lead pastors at the Vine Church in Tri-Cities, Washington, and we're just glad that you're here with us. It's been a long season online and we will continue to be online, but we are also really, really excited um, to start meeting in person. Hopefully in a couple weeks, we'll keep you posted. Uh, lots of updates and renovations happening right now at the church building. Things are going really well, um, but we're excited to get together again. Moving in. It's been fun. A lot of work and we're excited for what's ahead. So have you ever found yourself without, without something mm -hmm. you needed or wanted? For instance, you're without jelly and you already put peanut butter <laughs> on the first slice of bread. Can't have PB&J without the J. No. Or you find yourself with a roll of toilet paper, but without any toilet paper on it. Yeah. We've been there, right? We've, we've found ourselves without. Or to move from the lighthearted to the more real matters of life, um, some of us have found ourselves without the ability to put food on the table for our family or, or for ourselves. Uh, some of us have found ourselves without the ability to keep a roof over our head. And these are challenging times when we find ourselves without the things that we need in life. And we enter now the season of Lent, and the season of Lent shifts the conversation a little bit. Um, the season of Lent invites us to consider choosing to go without something for a season. So we're going to start talking about Lent today. I don't know if you have much experience with Lent. I know for myself, I didn't grow up in a faith tradition that practiced Lent. So for me, it was kind of a new thing that I began to practice as an adult. And as each year as we practice Lent, I have come to really appreciate this season of Lent. So Lent is um, simply the, the 40 days prior to Easter, and it's a season of preparation and a season of fasting uh, before Easter. It's a time really focused on self-reflection and self-examination and on confession of our sin where we've fallen short and also a time of repentance. All leading up to the celebration of Easter, resurrection, mm -hmm. and new hope. Now, Lent has been practiced for centuries. In fact, as early as the second century um, AD, we read of uh, Christians practicing Lent, feeling like Easter warrants a little more preparation or a little extra gravitas in the practice and the life of the church. And so people began to practice the season of Lent leading up to Easter. In time, it became a 40-day season, um, likely harkening back to Jesus and his 40 days in the desert prior to as he began his ministry. So there are traditionally three pillars of Lent. And so the first one is prayer. So Lent is a season in which we intentionally focus on prayer. And we probably all have different experiences with prayer. Prayer simply defined is communion with God, uh, in, being in communion with God. Um, there's so many different rich ways of praying. Sometimes it can be just in silence, sitting in silence and communing with God. Other times it could be worded prayers, both formal and informal, could be um, in solitude by ourselves or in community, in our families, in our, in our larger communities. Prayer can also involve movement and music and art, just the, the big idea of prayer is spending time with God and communing with God. 
Yeah. So a second pillar of Lent is fasting Mm -hmm. and fasting to our ear probably refers to food. And often for people that are practicing Lent, it relates to food or drink, Uh, but it could relate to anything. Denying ourselves something is a part of fasting. You know, it's an ironic time to be talking about giving something up or fasting from something because of the because of COVID and the pandemic that's uh, that we're facing throughout the world. We've given up a lot, a lot of our comforts and a lot of the things that were normal and enjoyable in our life. So it's a challenging season, I think, to talk about choosing to give something up. But I will mention that Lent, Lent invites us to a different kind of giving up than we have experienced. Lent invites us to give up something so that we can give ourselves more fully to God and in turn receive the blessing found in his presence. Love that. And then the third pillar of Lent is giving. And it's a season in which we intentionally focus on the needs of others, specifically the marginalized and the poor in our community who need us to um give and to help where we can. And this giving during Lent is done with intentionality and it's also done quietly without drawing attention to ourselves as the giver because that's not the purpose. The purpose is to give out of what we have, what God has given us. And so all these three things, so we have prayer, fasting, and giving, these three things aren't foreign to, to the church. They're not foreign to us. However, during Lent, we really focus on these three things. In fact, right now, as you talk about uh, giving, um, we're recording while our neighbor is shoveling the massive amount of snow in front of our house. Very kind of them. Um, So while we don't do that drawing attention to ourselves, we recognize it in others. Uh, So this is the season of Lent. Now, Jesus sets some sort of example um, of Lent. I mentioned earlier that he spent 40 days in the desert fasting and uh, experiencing temptation as he began his ministry. Um, but Jesus sets this example um, time and time again of going into the wilderness or going into the desert. And today we're going to draw this parallel between Lent, giving something up, depriving mm-hmm. ourselves of something, And this move into the desert and the wilderness. And watch this. In Luke chapter 5, verse 16, uh, we're told Jesus often withdrew to lonely places and prayed. Now, the Greek word here is eremos. And it translates, in this case, they translate it to a lonely place. But other translations for this word eremos is uh, the wilderness or the desert or a barren place. It Mm -hmm. says Jesus often withdrew to lonely or barren places to the wilderness so that he could pray. And Lent kind of invites us to a similar experience. So this concept of wilderness and journeying into the wilderness, we see that in Jesus, but we see that throughout scripture as well. Um, Moses, um, he spends 40 years in the Midian wilderness, in the desert there, after he flees from Egypt, caring for sheep, or in which God is preparing him. And then God calls him to go back to Egypt and lead his people out of Egypt. And, and Moses does that. And as he comes out of Egypt to Mount Sinai with the people, he spends at least twice a 40-day stint up on the mountain alone with God praying one time to receive the law another time to ask for forgiveness for the idolatry that the people had practiced 
We also see um, in the Israelite story, as the story unfolds, they spend 40 years in the wilderness, uh, wandering around. And again, a season of preparation where God is working in, in them. Uh, fast forward a little bit, Elijah, after his big victory of Mount Carmel, he becomes afraid of Queen Jezebel, who's very powerful and was out to kill him. He's afraid. And so he flees into the wilderness and he meanders around for 40 days and 40 nights. And the pattern that we see in scripture is that journeying into the wilderness, this time in the wilderness is really significant and important. So today, as we introduce Lent and as we consider what we want to do for Lent in this coming season, we want to think about Lent as our intentional journey into the wilderness. It's fascinating, amazing. A God thing, how so many times in Scripture, the number 40 yeah. and the desert or the wilderness it comes in conjunction, um, uh, which led to this practice of Lent. Mm -hmm. So into the wilderness. Now, the wilderness or the barren places, this is a place of difficulty. In environmental terms, um, a place like this lacking water uh, will be desolate and it will struggle to sustain life. Now, as we draw this parallel in spiritual terms to wilderness or desert, the wilderness represents a place of scarcity mm -hmm. and it reveals vulnerability. Uh, and as we move into this place intentionally in Lent of mm -hmm. vulnerability and scarcity, um, it demonstrates a trust in God and a leaning into him and away from other things in our life. Absolutely. So where the wilderness is a place of difficulty. It can also be a place of great beauty and of strengthening. Mm -hmm. um, I didn't grow up around here. Micah did. But when we got married, I moved up here. And I remember the first few times that we took the trip over the mountains to Seattle. And I remember just being blown away about, oh, because of the change in scenery. So here we have desert and brown, and then you hit the green. And it's like, whoa, this really is the evergreen state. <laughs> mm -hmm. um, I hadn't experienced that before. And the first few times we drove that road, I remember thinking, gosh, it's so much prettier on the green side of the state. But as I've lived here year after year, I've come to really appreciate the beauty of the wilderness. Um, I love watching the hills as I drive. It reminds me, because you can see the shapes of the hills because there's not a ton of trees. It reminds me of when I go to the beach and the water has, has gone off the, the sand and there's all these crinkles in the sand and you can see that where the water rippled the sand away and every the hills the shapes of the hills remind me of that and then the sunsets of course are absolutely gorgeous and so as we as we speak of this figurative wilderness i think there's a similarity here because it's also a place of great beauty and of strengthening for us specifically when we are confronted with our limitations like you were speaking of our vulnerabilities, our human anxieties and fears and, and all that stuff um, comes up, then we get the opportunity to learn to trust in God and to surrender to God. So for us, confronting those limitations is can be a really positive thing. And it's positive because God meets us there. God meets us there in the wilderness and it can be a time of deep inner transformation and equipping where the spirit of God 
molds us and shapes us and transforms us more and more into the image of a loving and gracious, uh, the loving and gracious person of Jesus. And so uh, as I studied the wilderness, one one thing I read was really interesting. It says, describe the wilderness as a liminal space, the space in between things, a space where it's not what it was, but it's not quite what it's going to be yet. One image of this is, is like a bake, a cake baking, that bake time. I mean, it's hot in the oven. It's uncomfortable in a harsh condition. And yet it's that time in the oven that causes the batter to turn into, to transform into a cake and a lot of other scientific explanations too. <laughs> That's, you know, it, it's a, it's a metaphor here. And so like that, God meets us in the wilderness and God transforms us. God becomes our strength and he creates beauty out of that. So in the season of Lent, we surrender, we surrender something mm. and we trust in God and he brings about transformation in that journey. There's blessing in the wilderness um, that comes from simplicity or scarcity, right? Mm -hmm. Often we experience much more when we have less. Rather than focusing on accumulating more, we experience joy in the things that we do have. I remember after high school, I spent a few months in Botswana uh, where my uncle was a missionary. And one of the experiences I had there was spending three nights um, mm -hmm. sleeping in the hut of and the compound of a family there in a very rural region. And um, and I remember Cosmos, a friend, he spoke a little bit of English and he was kind of my, my partner in, mm -hmm. in my months there. He, um, he uh, I, I stayed in his cot with him and he had... A little little cot, hat. yeah, in, in his, his hut, hat. yeah. Mm -hmm. He had a little cot on the dirt floor. He had a radio hooked up to an old car battery that he could occasionally get charged, and he had one extra pair of clothes. And mm -hmm. that was his possessions. And I don't want to glorify that because they, he lived a hard life, he and his family, and they experienced struggles that we as a church are responsible for leaning in and, and partnering mm -hmm. with them in. That said... Uh, from his perspective and from his community's perspective, there was simplicity and beauty in uh, in in the connection to God over the mm -hmm. accumulation of more things. There was some beauty in, in in the scarcity. Absolutely, you know, in Isaiah chapter. 35. If you get a chance to read through that and, and meditate and pray over that this week, I highly encourage that, especially the first eight verses. But there's this beautiful, po very poetic description of what God does in the wilderness. And I'll just read a few verses out of that section. But just listen for how God works in the wilderness. The desert and the parched land will be glad. The wilderness will rejoice and blossom. Like a crocus, it will burst into bloom and it will rejoice greatly and shout for joy. Then the eyes of the blind will be opened and the ears of the deaf unstopped. Then will the lame leap like a deer and the mute tongue shout for joy. Water will gush forth in the wilderness and streams in the desert. I love the images of God bringing forth abundant, vibrant, vibrant life 
in the desert, in the wilderness, the, the, the blooms and the water just gushing forth. The Holy Spirit produces in us joy, produces in us um, strength and all these things. And the Holy Spirit, Jesus actually describes the Holy Spirit as living water that flows in us and flows within us, quenching our thirst and sustaining and producing life. And that's what we see God doing in the wilderness. Yeah. So the season of Lent begins this Wednesday and it will last through Easter. Mm -hmm. And we invite you to consider participating with us in Lent in a couple different ways. The first is the idea of fasting or giving something up in our lives. Now we want to say there's a lot of freedom in this. Okay. There's a lot of freedom in how we would do this. And we'd encourage you to pray and ask God, Hey, what would this look like in my Mm -hmm. life? What would be a meaningful way to engage in the season and giving something up? Some of the common ones, if you look at um, lists of what most people are giving up in Lent, are chocolate or coffee or alcohol. These yeah. are ones... I won't be giving up chocolate. That's not that's not my Lent thing. No? You're welcome. Is that because you love chocolate so much? Or? <laughs> I just don't think that's going to draw me closer to God. I uh, don't know. <laughs> see, now that's a fair question. Because there's a purpose behind yeah. Lent that has to do with giving up something that, we would, uh, that would enable us mm-hmm. to lean more into our relationship with God. So for instance, here's just some ideas. This is not an exhaustive list. Just a few ideas to think creatively. Maybe it's giving up the radio while you're in the car and using that time to pray instead, to to watch and to look and to pray. Uh, Maybe it's something like giving up breakfast and maybe that's daily or maybe that's a couple times a week and sitting down and taking that time Mm -hmm. to spend um, reading or in prayer. Maybe it's giving up social media or games on our phone or something like that that occupies a lot of our time and attention and instead dedicating that time to God. Or maybe it's giving up snacking after dinner uh, and instead going for a walk and spending time praying about the things that we see around us. So there's many ways we could choose to give something up and in its place lean into our relationship with God. It's all about choosing intentional practices that will draw us deeper in relationship with God or create space to draw us deeper into relationship with God. So like Micah said, there's so much freedom. I would encourage prayer during this time. Uh, a daily time of prayer might, and it could look a lot of different ways. It could be the first few minutes of the day where we set aside, hey, this First five, first 10 minutes of the day, I'm going to spend in prayer. And that can be, you know, like we talked about silent prayer. It can be music. It can be read. It can be different, different ways of praying. Maybe God has been stirring in you um, to consider a specific topic. Maybe it's a spiritual practice or a social justice issue. And maybe we want to take this time to dedicate, uh, Lent to dedicate time to reading a book and going deeper in that specific topic that God has been stirring in us. Another idea would be to plan some Sabbath times, a Sabbath retreat, uh, a chunk of time that we dedicate to being still, being quiet and being with God. Another idea that's common is, is serving, giving of our time, giving of our energy or our resources to help those who need help in our, right here in our community. One of the things that we want to do as a community, as the Vine Church, we want to invite 
uh, everyone to join us for a devotional um, series on the YouVersion app. So on our phones, a lot of us have the YouVersion app. You can also access it via a computer on Bible.com, and we'll go ahead and post a link here. But there are different devotional plans, and there's one devotional plan called Lent for Everyone, and it walks us through, it takes us through the, the Gospel of Matthew during Lent. And each day we read about a chapter of Matthew, and then there's also a devotional written by N.T. Wright, um, on a subject related to Lent. And so as a community, we want to encourage um, everyone to make some individual commitments to Lent, but also as a community, communally come together and and uh, have this devotional plan as, as a church. So we'll look for that. Excellent. So as we zoom out mm-hmm. and then consider just the, the broader topic, Lent begins this Wednesday and you're invited to participate in some way. You're invited to participate with us and some of the things we're going to do as a body. You're invited to practice Lent in whatever way you feel called mm-hmm. in your individual life as well. Uh, Lent is about creating space. Um, and in the, in that space, we lean into our relationship with God, inviting Him to bring about beauty and transformation mm-hmm. in our lives. We hope that you experience that in this season. Absolutely. I invite you to pray with us as we close out. Dear God, we just thank you so much for inviting us to go deeper with you, to go deeper into relationship with you. We thank you for your continued presence. We thank you for your never-ending love. God, we also come before you confessing our sin, confessing the ways in which we try to grasp control, and Lord, the ways in which we are not surrendering to you and and not reflecting your love and goodness to the people around us. So Lord, we ask for forgiveness. And as we begin Lent this week, God, we reach out to you. We we grab your hand, so to speak. We hold on to you and we ask that you would lead us through the wilderness and that you would teach us, that you would guide us, that you would show us what it looks like to live for you. Lord, we ask that our lives, we pray that our lives would glorify and honor you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. So as we sign off today, we'll post a link to a song. It's called I Surrender. It says, Have Your Way in Me. It's by Hillsong. Uh, If you want to listen to this, uh, might get to go a little bit deeper uh, on the subject. Friends, thank you so much for joining us. We, we, we love you. Can't wait to see you mm-hmm. soon. Have a blessed week. Bye, everyone.